There's a song that, actually before I say that, um, when I was preparing or looking to the Lord for something to bring um, this evening, I felt very strongly that the Lord wanted me to talk about listening to his voice. And that actually, and in the light of what we talked about, what Pastor Simon talked about this morning, about that it's not a drill, just how close the coming of the Lord is and how we need to be ready. It's never been more important that we need to listen to his voice. We need to know his voice. We need to to listen to his voice, both in this time where it is short and we need to reach out to those around us, but also for our own salvation. We need to know his voice. If we're listening to the wrong voice when he comes back, then that is catastrophic. That is something that we cannot afford in our lives. We have a song that um, is quite old now, and we've sung it in the church before. It's called, Lead Me, Lord. Lead me, Lord, I will follow. Lead me, Lord, I will go. Where you call me, I will go. And that's actually paraphrased. Um, I've, I've missed out some lines. But the idea is that it's a song of consecration. It's a song saying, I'm going to do what you want to do. I'm going to listen to your voice. I'm going to follow your guiding and your leading. Whatever you ask me to do, Lord, I will do. Wherever you ask me to go, I will go. And we sing it, but do we really mean it? Do we really mean it, or is it just words that we sing? We may have the right intentions, but when it comes down to it, the actual following is a lot harder than it seems on face value. When we're having a time of dedication of our lives to Jesus at the altar, we want to do everything that Jesus asks. That's only natural. That's what we've gone there to do. But are we willing to follow when Jesus says go? Are we willing to follow when Jesus says no as well? I've heard stories of people in the church worldwide being mightily used of God because they were sensitive to God's spirit and God's voice and followed his leading, even though on the surface it seemed strange or unusual or even stupid. I remember um, in church and hearing the preacher talk about um, someone in, in the United States of America where, um, you know, you don't, you don't just normally do this sort of thing. A saint was driving in the car and they were instructed by God to follow this particular car. And that was unusual, but they followed the voice of God. And so they followed them and the car went on back streets and, and, and they went there. And then uh, at one point, the car came to a stop. And so he kind of drove up beside him and, and, uh, and, and the person in the vehicle went in the window, just a, a little crack, and said, why have you been following me? And, and, then the, the, and then the person that was following said, well, God told me to follow this vehicle. And then the window wound down really, really fast and they had come to a crossroads in their lives and they were seeking God. They wanted to know that God was real and all of a sudden, God appeared into their lives because this person was sensitive to 
the leading of God's Spirit. And then there was another story that I heard through the preaching a long time ago. A minister was woken up in the middle of the night and heard the voice of God and was told to sing there's power in the blood from his balcony. That's a really strange request. But um, I think there might have been a bit of hesitation, but he went and he, he sang it. He, he, and then he went back to bed. Um, and then the next morning, there came a knock at his door. And there was a person who was about to commit suicide. And they said, I was going to commit suicide. But when I heard that, I knew that there was a God. And, and that is the power of listening to the voice of the Lord. That is the power of knowing his voice. We can be led astray by many different types of voices that would speak to us, but when we hear the, the voice of the Lord, then that is something that when we obey, when we follow, his, his power is unlimited to reach and to save and to do his will on this earth. The power of God isn't limited when we follow his voice and his leading. But are we willing to be his vessels, his hands and his feet to do his work in this lost and in this dying world? Are we willing to do something out of the ordinary at God's prompting and leading? The first thing we need to do if we're going to follow Jesus wherever he leads is to be sure that it's his voice. There's times when we can get excited. There's times when we can think we've heard God's voice, but it's not actually God's voice. We need to know that is his voice. We need to know when he talks to us. We need to know the sound of his voice. That's not something that is learned overnight, but it's a process where we recognize and learn God's voice in the small things. And then when he follows through and we don't get let down, we start to learn what his voice is in our lives. And then he can lead us further and deeper as we learn to trust in him more and more. John chapter 10 verse 1 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. We need to know the voice of God. There is a um, an obligation for us when we follow Jesus to be able to hear his voice and to be able to follow his voice when he leads us. For some people, God speaks in an audible voice in their mind. For others, sometimes... God actually audibly speaks to them. They hear those words. For others, God gives an impression in their spirit to do this or not to do that. And I'm sure there are many other ways that God speaks to people. Through his word is one of them, reading his word. Just as we are all individuals with different strengths and weaknesses, so God speaks to different people in different ways. Just because you don't hear the, the voice of the Lord in the same way that someone else does, does not mean that it's not the voice. Does not mean, yeah, that's not the voice of the Lord. You need to learn how God speaks to you and learn it well. 
Because you're not only going to hear God's voice in your life. Just like with almost everything in life, there is the real and there is the counterfeit. And sometimes the counterfeit can seem almost exactly like the original. That's where we need to have honed our spiritual senses to know what is God's voice in our lives and what isn't. What are some of the other voices that can speak to us or influence our decisions? Well, one of them is the voice of Satan. We have an adversary. We have an enemy that will try to get us to follow him and what he wants to do in the world. The actual word Satan, Satan, means adversary, means accuser. And when and what Satan says can seem to make sense and even seem to be from the mouth of God. Second Corinthians eleven thirteen says, For such as false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. But the Bible says that Satan is a liar and the father of lies. Anything that he says to you, you can be sure is a lie. John eight forty four says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees here. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Listening to Satan's voice will always lead to an ungodly outcome, even if it seems good at first. The same thing is true of listening to Satan as it is for false prophets who are led by Satan. Matthew 7 verse 15 Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. They're rejected of God. They have their consequences. They have their condemnation. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. There's going to be evident when a false prophet speaks, maybe not at that time, but it will come out that their fruit do not match up with their words. And that is why it is so important. And Pastor Simon so strongly recommends that you know who you're listening to on the internet. You know, they can seem good, they can seem uh, powerful preaching, it can can seem like they're they're the voice of God into your life, but do they believe the truth? Or are they preaching of their own mind, their own heart, their own soul? It can be difficult to distinguish Satan's voice from God's sometimes, but it is important that we learn the difference because our salvation can depend on it. If we listen to Satan's voice, then it's only going to lead us down a path that we do not want to go down. And God does not want us to go down. The second voice that speaks to us is our own voice, our own will. And it can be a very, very strong voice in our lives. This is generally even more dangerous than Satan's voice. 
Because we already believe it to be true. And so it's always easy to follow our own voice, what we want to do. And it's easy to convince ourselves that what we want to do is God's voice by putting a spiritual spin on it. We could even try to twist the Word of God, and the Word of God is able to be twisted easily if you really want to do it, to put a spiritual spin on what you want to do, using our own human reasoning as to why doing this or not doing that is God's will and God's direction. And if we feel strongly enough about it, we can possibly even think that it's come from God. When it's really just coming from our own selfish and wanton desires to do what we want to do and nothing else, God is not in it. Satan gets the blame for a lot of things he doesn't actually do or say or have a hand in. The truth is, a lot of the time he doesn't even need to help the process along. We have the capacity to do that ourselves. To go in the wrong direction ourselves without any help needed. That old saying, the devil made me do it, is just an excuse from somebody who did exactly what they wanted to do without regard for the consequences and then found the need to blame somebody else when everything turned out badly. The devil doesn't make anybody do anything. People choose to do what they want to do, whether Satan had an influence in the process or not. It all comes down to a choice. We choose to do this or we choose not to. For some people, Satan doesn't even need to speak into their minds or nudge them in the wrong direction. And it's that carnal way of thinking that has gotten a lot of UPCA ministers and saints into a lot of trouble, often leading to complete backsliding. For example, people that go out to try to start new churches or do a work for God against the pastor's wishes or advice. It's slippery ground. It's incredibly dangerous. God may use them, but they will never be the person of God that they were meant to be. They will often go out of their way to justify their actions and harbor bitterness and a lack of respect towards the pastor that was actually speaking God's word into their lives. And that's not biblical. By their fruits you shall know them. Often there is a lack of respect towards authority in general from those same people as well. That's not biblical either. Yes, God actually wanted to be able to do a greater work through them in the future, but their lack of submission to God and to those who God has put in charge will follow them throughout their ministry and greatly hinder the work of God. It will color everything that they try to do for God, and many will backslide or start to teach false doctrine because they never learned obedience to God and His Word. Never be in a rush to do anything that you believe God has called you to do. You need to listen to his voice. God's timing is perfect. And the third voice that will speak to us is the spirit of the world or the voice of the world. This isn't an audible voice in any normal sense of the word. We don't hear a voice coming out of a rock or dirt in the ground. And it isn't an actual demonic spirit, even though Satan works closely in influencing it. But it's a worldly mindset that will influence what we believe to be true and right if we let it. It's what society and outspoken people believe to be true, whether it matches the word of God or not. And most often, 99.9% of the time, it doesn't match the word of God. Many denominational churches 
have fallen into this trap by changing their beliefs or practices to be relevant to people in society. They bend over backwards to ensure that people feel comfortable in their churches, that they feel like they belong. Forget about preaching anything that will convict their sinful lives and bring about a God-given change and freedom from unrighteousness. Forget about following all of God's word and choosing to ignore important commandments and instructions in the Bible. That's the voice of the world in action. Following what is popular, following what the majority in the community seem to believe. It seems good and right to get more people in church, but they ignore what they are sacrificing to do that. The end does not justify the means and never will. And the problem with that way of thinking is that getting people consistently to church isn't even the end. It's the beginning. So that God can continually change their lives to be better, to be closer to Him. The catchphrase of business and government organizations is continuous improvement. Always making things better and better and better. Always attempting to do something in a better or a more cost-effective way. It's the same process with us. God wants us to continually get closer to Him. To be able to hear His voice more clearly without any of the other junk crowding it out. But if the church or a saint has been compromised by listening to the opinions of society or moving in line with the values of this world, then they're heading in the wrong direction. We cannot afford to listen to this world. The Bible says to not love not the, the world or the things in the world. This world has its own values. This world has its own systems that we cannot be a part of it and still follow Jesus. So we've learned that there are four different voices that will speak to us and try to influence our decisions and our life direction. The voice of God, the voice of Satan, our own voice, and the voice of the world. How can we tell the difference? How can we tell the real voice of God from the counterfeit, the fake? There are a couple of telltale signs that can make things obvious right off the bat. And if you stick to them and you build your relationship with God off them, then you're going to go on a good path. Number one, God will never contradict his word or the principles in his word. For example, fornication, thinking that God has told you that having sex outside of marriage to a person is fine or all right, that is not God's voice. That's one of the other voices for sure. God will never tell you to do anything that is against his word. And number two, God will never contradict a pastor. This is a bit more confronting. After all, isn't the pastor just human like us and can make mistakes just like us? The answer is yes and yes. But God has a way of directing the pastor and speaking through the pastor directly to our lives. God has set up the leadership chain of the saint being under the authority of the pastor and the pastor being under the authority of God. We are not an island where God speaks to us and us alone and we get to do whatever we want to do or think is good and right or that we think is God's will. Yes, we have a personal relationship with Jesus, which is an incredible and an amazing concept. But that doesn't mean that we are our own authority, that God will direct our lives in isolation from the pastor. 
No. God works through the pastor. Because he has set up the pastor into that position in the first place. There's no point in God putting an authority in your life over the church if you're not going to listen to them. Romans chapter 13 and verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists resists the power, resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will you then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and you shall have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to you for good. But if you do that which is evil, be afraid. For he bears not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God a revenger to execute wrath upon him that does evil. Wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For for this cause pay you tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their Jews tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honour to whom honour. This passage is talking about worldly leadership and authority. The Bible is saying that even worldly leaders are set up and put into place by God. And they are worthy of obedience and tribute. How much more the leaders that God has set up over his own church? How much more should the leaders be be reverenced, be honoured, because God has put them into that position and into that place? Hebrews 13, 17, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves For they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Which means that God works within the structure of the church, which he has set up himself. Even if the pastor has gotten it wrong, and we can never be the judge of that, only God himself is, God has a way of bringing things around in his time and using the time in between to mold and shape us not the pastor. The pastor will need to give account to God for how he or she is overseeing the church that God has placed them in authority over. For any godly pastor, that is a daunting responsibility, one which they approach prayerfully and with great sensitivity to God's spirit and God's leading, guiding and direction. And I can promise you that we have a godly pastor. But the pastor will never need to give account to you of their performance. You will never be able to mark the pastor off on a checklist to determine how well you think they've done. You will never be able to say that the pastor has got it wrong and still have the right attitude. That's not how authority works and that's not how the church of God works. I'm reminded of Moses in the Old Testament. God set up Moses to be the leader over the children of Israel. But time and time again, the children of Israel grumbled against Moses and, 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 and his authority. And God judged the children of Israel again and again and again. Miriam and Aaron rose up and God judged them. God put Moses into that position and nobody, and there were the, there was Korah, Dathan and Abraham. They, they, um, They challenged his spiritual leadership and his authority, but God judged them. 
we can't murmur or complain or speak against God's authority in our lives. That is counterproductive and dangerous to our salvation. God's instruction is to us is to submit and obey any godly instruction in line with God's word. So, if you ever consult with the pastor on anything, you better be prepared to receive his godly advice. Too many people go to see the pastor with their minds made up on the path that they want to take and they just want to get official approval from the pastor. And when the pastor, by the Spirit of God, provides advice that leads in a different direction, they get their noses out of joint. They automatically believe and may even say that the pastor has got it wrong. The test of submission to authority is not when you agree with the pastor's decision or direction or their godly advice. It's how you handle it when you don't agree. If you get your nose out of joint, if you throw all of your toys out of the pram, if you take your bat and ball and go home, then you're not really in submission to godly authority and you're just doing what you want to do. You're listening to your own voice and not God's voice in your life. If you outwardly submit to the authority but then grumble about it constantly, you're missing the point. And I would say you're not really in submission to godly authority either because submission comes from the heart. That's not to say that submission is easy. It's not. It takes the swallowing of our own stinking pride, our own rotten stubbornness to truly submit. The rewards of submission lie in God molding you and shaping you and being able to use you in a much greater capacity in the future than you ever could have dreamed. But that doesn't give you much instant gratification, does it? Which is part of God's design. The submission comes first, then God being able to use you second and not the other way around. If I could get someone to the piano, please. It is so important to listen to God's voice. It is so vital, vitally important to listen to God's voice. And he will speak to us through the preaching. He will speak to us through the pastor. He will speak to us if we have ears open, if we have hearts to hear. But too often... We try to resist. Too often, we just want to do what we want to do. Too often, we don't have a submitted attitude to God and, well, really everything comes down to the fact that we're not really submitted to God because he puts up leadership and he works through that leadership. If we ever have a problem with the leadership in the church, we need to start looking inwards. We need to start asking, where am I? What, what am I believing? What, what's in my heart if I can't allow the Lord to speak to me? If I can't change what I want to do? So I invite you to stand this evening. We heard from the pastor this morning. We heard that it's not a drill. We heard about how close the coming of the Lord is, and that the way we act, the way we follow Jesus should change. Well, I call you to make 
of another commitment tonight. I call you to make a commitment to Jesus that you're going to listen to his voice, even when it's not convenient, even when it goes completely against what you think is right, even if it goes completely against what you think you have heard from God. You know, I've heard a voice in my head sometimes that I thought was the voice of the Lord. But it came down, when it came down to it, it wasn't. That was evident by the fruits that came out later. Don't be deceived. Don't listen to your own voice, your own will. Your, your heart is deceitfully wicked. And it can deceive you into thinking that what you want to do is the will of God and that it is God speaking into your life. Don't be deceived by your own stinking flesh. Don't be deceived by the voice of Satan which will lead you down the path of wickedness and death every single time. Even if it seems good, even if it seems to be in line with God's word, when Satan tempted Jesus. He used the Bible. He knows the Bible. He made everything seem like it was good and it was right and it was something that he should do, but it was not the will of God and Jesus resisted him. So I call you to a greater consecration tonight. I call you to to follow Jesus no matter what, to learn his voice, to be consistent in following him and not listen to everything that's going on around. Not listen to the voices that will call out to you, but to learn his voice and be his sheep. Follow him when he calls you. Follow him when he leads. Why don't you come to the altar? Tonight? Why don't you come and pray? Why don't you make sure that you're listening to the voice of Jesus?